It is always a pleasure to be able to share with you the Word of God. And this morning, we begin, we begin a new sermon series, Adventure. And I want us to take this on as an adventure through our journey in our Christian walk. We are going to go through the Gospel of John. And many of you this morning, as you came in, you received a little booklet that just looks like this. Can you have it? Can you please? I want to make sure you have one because if you don't, I want you as you leave this morning that you take one. We want you, we kind of want to make sure it was small enough. I know maybe you're going to need a magnifying glass or something to read it, but this is the word of God. You can put this in, in, in your Bible, but certainly you want this to be put in your purse, in your bag, right there next to your computer, and the office, wherever it may be. Because we are going to go through this book, the gospel, God's word, the gospel of John. And it is a journey. Like, imagine taking, being on a bus together in the next weeks, Sundays, and we're going to take some stops along the way, along the way. With the gospel of John. How exciting is that? I hope that you're excited because we are excited about it. You see, we are going to look at the life of Jesus. Not just looking at it, we're going to go deep and discover and explore who he is. See, the apostle John, who wrote the book, the gospel of John, of course, with the inspiration of God, is going to get us through this journey. And when we think of the Apostle John, we remember that he was the one of Jesus' closest friend. A man who spent much time with Jesus. A man who was an eyewitness. An eyewitness to the life of Jesus. And not just the life. It was to witness the power of Jesus Christ to change lives. So who was John? We're beginning this journey. So let's find out a little bit about who John was. John was the son of Zebedee and Salome, or Salome, and he had a brother, James. And together they were called, listen to this, the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder. And now, when you hear the, those, that phrase, I can almost imagine John and, and James walking around with, of course, there was no motorcycle then, but they would be walking around with their leather motorcycle jacket on, with sandals. And yet, I can also imagine them with their wallet fastened with this, to this big chain and their belt loop. You see, John was a very powerful man. It is John who self-centeredly wanted himself and his brother James to sit on the other side of Jesus in glory. Remember that, John? It was John who was, he had this this rough, ready, no-holds-bar kind of guy. But you see, after being with Jesus, and learning from Jesus. We see a John change into a humble, loving disciple. 
He is so humble that he refers himself to this book. He doesn't even mention it at all. He he mentioned himself with a phrase that says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. You'll find that in John 21, 7. So the gospel of John shows us God's power to transform lives. And John's life was a key example of how life can be transformed. So as we go through this journey together in our sermon series, I would like for us to look at ourselves and ask ourselves a question. How does Jesus Christ want to change my life? Some of us don't like change. I've met a few who do love to face changes and love change. But if we never change, we never grow. We never grow. And the Gospel of John gives us a very clear information about the person of who Jesus is. And if you have your Bibles with you, would you please turn to John chapter 1. This is the Gospel of John. Not 1 John, not 2 John. It's the same John. But we're going to look at chapter 1. John chapter 1. And in verses 1 and 2, in the Gospel, Jesus tells us that Jesus was nothing less than God himself. And here John describes Jesus' creativity, his eternity, and his deity. To see, to, he gives us an even broader understanding of who Jesus is. And there is a word that he uses. Got it? A word that he uses? He calls Jesus what? The word. John uses the name word for Jesus. You see, he is telling us that through Jesus, God seeks to communicate to you and to me. He is reaching out to us. He longs for us to respond to his love. And John writes this gospel with a key purpose. A purpose that is seen entirely in the book of John. And it sums up as this in John 20, verse 30 to 31. And you'll find it in different translation. But here it says, Jesus' disciples saw him do many miracles Miraculous signs, but besides one recorded in this book. But these were written so that, here's the key word, you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. That's the purpose of the book of John. The gospel of John is that by believing in him, we, you and I, will have life. So let me ask you this, church. Is it possible to be alive and still not have life? At this moment, all of us are alive. Look at each other. Look at each other. Are you sure to make sure they're alive, the person next to you, okay? We have the appropriate signs of life. Our brain are functioning. I hope they are. Our hearts are contracting. Our major organs are performing. But some of us are among the living dead. We are void with the vital signs of spiritual life. 
The CT scan of our life indicates an absence of true life. The EKG of our heart reveals a love for darkness and rather than light. How about the MRI of our brain reveals the stubbornness and rebellion? How about the blood chemistry shows evidence in, of kidney failure, which is hindering our ability to properly filter the negative devices from our lives. Yes, church, we are alive. We are alive. You see, people, pain, pressures, problems, let us know that we are alive. We go through, if you go to work every day, we find no satisfactions from our work. We have houses, but no place to call home. We have friends, but they don't understand us. We come to church, and we still aren't any better. Yes, we are alive, but we have no life. See, John reveals and shows us the true life in Christ, which is believing in God. You don't know, but the word life is mentioned 44 times in the gospel, in this gospel. If it has been mentioned 44 times, isn't that something? Isn't there a significance to that? So in order for us, each of us this morning, to have a significant and meaningful life, we need to understand this, that Jesus is the source of our life. Simple as that. He is the source of our life. Simply, Jesus is life. All that is good about life finds its source in Jesus. He wants us, he wants you and me to enjoy life. He wants us to know it, to know it in its fullness and abundance. I don't know about you, but when I go to the doctor for a visit, I'm always, I always hear this, this phrase, all that matters is your health. All that matters is your health. Uh, though there is a grain of truth to that, but there's a little bit of a deception because we need to understand that for our life here on earth is not the beginning or the end of the definition of life. You see, in the bigger picture of things, life goes beyond the matters of this earthly life. Don't you agree? So this morning, I want us to look at John 1, 3 to 5. And in here, it tells us briefly, it tells us briefly why Jesus is the source of our life. So let me take the first one. Why is Jesus the source of our life? Because you see, Jesus brings life into being. Brings life into being. And it says in three, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the life bringer. See, life does not exist on its own right. It has a source. And Jesus is the life bringer. Life is the fullness of God's presence. It is, its opposite is destruction, condemnation, and death. But you see, the person who lives a Christless life exists. 
But you know what? He or she does not know what life is, what true life is. But Jesus is the one who makes our life worth living. Can I hear an amen to that? That it's only Jesus. He brought everything into existence. And Paul tells us in Colossians 1.16, and look at it on the screen. It says, for in him, all things were created. Things in the heaven, on the earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers, authorities. And listen to this. All things have been created through him and for him. God alone can create. Human beings only have the capability to use the material things that are here, which God has created. Remember the Wright brothers? What did they create? The airplane. But they use things that are already here. How about Alexander Graham Bell? What did he create? The telephone. Amazing. But he created it with things that are already here. You, humanity has built pyramids, automobiles, you name it, computers. But they've all been made of things that are here. But God is the only one can create. Can I tell you, um, a couple days ago, a group of us went to Kapiulani Hospital to visit one of our employees who just had a, a new baby. And I tell you that baby, newborn baby boy, was amazing. Tiny little feet, tiny little hands. And you can just imagine every part of that new baby. Creation, creation of life. And I looked at that baby, and how often do we take life for granted? See, God created and brought in life to that baby, and he gives us life. We don't have to be a baby again. We can be who we are and let God breathe in us the life that he brings to us. I don't know about you, but when we ask ourselves, does he really care about me? Have you ever asked that to yourself? Well, he does. He cares and loves us so much because he created us. He created you and he created me. And he understands everything that we do, the way I act, the way my personality is. He understands it and he loves me in spite of everything that I do. You see, he is the creator of life. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you know what? We value to God. Uh, other times we don't feel value ourselves, don't we? Because of all what's going on. But God tells us, and I like what Max Lucado says, our value is inherent. It is not based on the PhD after our name or the amount of money in our bank account. We have value simply because we are. In the eyes of God, every human has a value simply because he is the creation of the almighty God. He created you and he created me for a reason. That is to live, worship, and live life to the fullest. God brings life into being. And secondly, this morning, he is the source of our life because he brightens the way of life. He brightens the way of life. And it says in verse 4, the word gave life to everything that was created. 
and his life brought light to everyone. Not only is he a life giver, but he is also a light bearer. He is a light bearer. And he says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. That's Jesus' word. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have light that leads to life. A light that leads to life. You see, growing up as a teenager, as a young adult, I used to go to camp every summer, the Salvation Army camp in Homolani. And I would go there as a camper and I would work there too at times. But there was always this one thing that bothered me. How many of you ever seen those, uh, those lamp that lights up every night and bugs go into it? And you go, zzz, zzz. And I was always amazed by those things. As a, little, as a teenager, I'm like, what in the world are those bugs? Don't they know that they die when they go to that light? Stop it. I'm then watching it. I'm like, uh-uh, not good. But those bugs don't get it, don't they? But one thing about those bugs, though, they were attracted to that light. But the sad part of those bugs is that that light didn't give them life. It gave them death. But you see, our Jesus, who gives us light, we can come to him, but we never die because he gives us life, an eternal life. Sorry, bugs and us really don't compare, but really, the light that we follow is the light that gives us eternal life. You see, when we open our spiritual eyes to the true light, we become attracted to it. It is the nature of God to give us light in the dark, in the darkness that we are in. He provides you and me this radiant illumination. His life poured into our soul and gives us guidance and assurance and peace. You see, you and I are no longer victim of circumstances, church. We sometimes allow ourselves on the defensive, but we have the life of Christ illuminating the path of victory. And think of how powerful light is. I, wanna, I want you to help me out this morning. I know Major did this, but I'm going to ask you to take your phone out again. You're not going to text anyone, but I'm just going to ask you to text us. We love using our phone here at the Croc Center. If you have an iPhone, uh, Android, please can you take it out and bring it out? Because we're going to see how powerful light can be. So we're going to ask, you have it? Because after count to one, two, three, I want you to look for your, your flashlight on your phone. If you have a flashlight in your phone, that's okay. If you do, I want you to help me out here. Okay, after three, I want you to turn it on. One, two, three. Turn it on. Do you have your flash? I know we have the screen. And the screen and all the, all the lights behind me is helping us brighten the room. But church, look around you. Look around you. There's light all over. Go ahead. You can turn the light on. Thank you. In order for this room, without the screen, without all the things behind me, this room would have been very dark. And you know, it takes many of us Many of our cell phones to actually light up the room, a dark room. But guess what, church? It only takes Jesus to light the darkness that is in our life. 
It's only Jesus. It takes many of us to lighten this room, but in our life, it only takes Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus shines in our heart to reveal the darkness that's in it. I don't know whether you like it or not, but there's darkness in our lives. And those are the sins in our lives. And John 12, 46 says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. Jesus is the light. And he takes out and exposes all that is dark. But with the Holy Spirit and his word, we can live a life that is pleasing and honoring to him. As a guide to us, he is that light. All our doubt, uncertainty can be completely be removed. You see, I like what it says in Psalm 119. He is the light and he's given us his word. That your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. In our journey, in our walk, in the dark, we know that we have Jesus as our light who will brighten our life together. And thirdly, this morning, and I thank you for being patient, we're almost there. The source is Jesus because he beat death. He overcame death. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Because Jesus overcomes darkness by being the light. Let's face it. Let's face it. We live in a dark world. There is darkness all around us. There are families affected by drugs. There are families, individuals killed by drunk and careless driver. People are burdened with cancer and other health concerns. There are others with stress and worries and and live in constant fear. Others bear the burdens of broken relationships and desperately need forgiveness. And the list goes on and on because darkness has caused great confusion in this world. But the darkness, enemy of all, has no chance when our life is in the hands of the one true light. And that is Jesus The light became one of us. The light came to the world. And it says in John 1, 14, the word became human and lived here on earth among us. God dwells in the flesh among humans. He lived as one of us. That's what Christmas is all about. He came. He knows what it means to live in a dark world. Darkness attempted to win at the cross. It thought it had nailed the Son of God and beat him. But the creator of life is more powerful than the destroyer of life. Darkness suffered an utter defeat at that tomb. Darkness is unable to overcome the power of light. So church, victory was won. Victory was won. And we, you and I, can have the victory in our lives over the darkness that exists in us. Darkness like temptations, sickness, addiction, failures, fear, or whatever it may be that you're going through right now. That when you go through things like that, I don't know about you, but it feels like death. You're running out of breath. 
but be encouraged that no matter what happens, we can overcome it with Jesus Christ in our life. You know, this past weekend, many of our women from the church went to the women's retreat. And, you know, being there for the weekend, that was awesome weekend. You have that mountaintop experience. How many of you ever felt that? You go away and you get refreshed and renewed. But somehow you're in that mountain, you have to come down. And this week has been one of those being in the valley. There were times, I tell you, that the devil, that darkness, tried to get through things, some thoughts in my mind. And I tell you, I'm talking about living the word. I was saying to myself the whole week, I can beat this. I can beat this. I can beat this. God, you please beat this. And guess what? He does beat things because he overcomes things for us with his strength and his help. He can help us through. And why does he do this, church, for you and for me? Basically, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so this morning, I would like to draw our time to a close. I'm going to ask Freddie to come. Jesus is our life, church. You will only find true meaning of life when you find Jesus. So in closing, let me ask you this. What sources are you relying on in your life today? What sources? You know what? There's a lot of sources out there, and you know what I'm talking about. It could be those addictions that you have. It could be as simple as sometimes it's the possessions that we have. It's the positions that we hold. But you know this morning, as I look around, many of you do have the source in your life. You have Jesus in your life. So I encourage you this morning to not give up. I encourage you to to get deeper in your relationship with God. And see where he can take you and lights your path to opportunities of growing in him. But church, there are also many among you who may not have the source in your life. You don't have Jesus in your life. So I invite you this morning to reflect upon your life and ask him to help you. Because he will bring life in you. And he will breathe life and brightens your way. And you will overcome whatever temptations, whatever things that are going on in your life because he has overcome death. If he can overcome death, he can overcome anything that you are going through this morning. So let him be the source of your life.